Gosh, 2005 was a crazy year. Everybody was sporting skinny jeans and jamming to their iPod shuffles in between regular viewings of the fourth Harry Potter movie, Goblet of Fire, and there was even Revenge of the Sith, for better or for worse. But more importantly than that, 24 million of us goofballs were rocking a copy of Mario Kart DS, a handheld classic. And this wasn't just empty hype either, as the game scored some killer ratings across the board, even holding a 91% on Metacritic to this day. While this can be in part traced back to the fact that graphics thankfully leaned more to Mario Kart 64 direction, as opposed to the Super Mario Kart stylings of its Super Circuit predecessor on the GBA. It's undeniable that this title was also packing some serious gameplay chops. Honestly, just try pulling off a sweet drift without also having a big dumb grin on your face. You can't. It's clinically tested as impossible. One of the title's more notable additions to the Mario Kart scene was its single-player mission mode, providing 54 challenges whose increasing difficulty aimed to accustom new players to the game's more complex driving skills and techniques. Heck, I still remember hunching over my original Red DS, struggling to use my chubby fingers to go through each of those 10 gates in 4-7's Waluigi Stadium mission. But of course, they couldn't just call the mode there and be done with it. They had to ramp it up full speed to buck wild. And here's where the topic of today's video comes into play. The addition of different Mario baddie bosses in a kart racer. And we're going to be giving each of them a look-see. Ladies and folks, I'm Skip the Tutorial, and this is Boss Battle Breakdown. A deep dive into the ins and outs of boss design. And hey, if this is your first time here, then make sure to floor it right into that subscribe for weekly analysis videos and your favorite boss fights. So because of the fact that we're inspecting several different boss fights, I thought it only fitting to chuck each of them my personal ranking as we go along. Because honestly, I'm just a sucker for numbered lists. Number 7. So bottoming out my list here is King Boo. And the key reason is that at its core, it's just a boring fight. Having to collect the items is fine, although 50 is a ridiculous amount to collect. It feels like they're just patting out runtime for the fight. And honestly, that kind of feels like the motif of the fight. Boo's main attack of stealing the coins also comes down to runtime filler as well. Having to chase down for coins that you've already chased down to collect is just dull and repetitive. On top of this, the battle mode structure of the fight feels unrealized, as there's no risk of a potential loss or even a fun way to attack. Really, your only drive to go through this fast is the ranking system at the end, which is a pretty low motivator when it means that you've got to go through this slow-going boss again. If there's anything I think this fight teaches, it's that if your challenge comes from, oh, that number's pretty big, go back to the drawing board. Number six. Now, if you ask me, I think Chief Chili is a great example of a concept overstaying its welcome. And I think in large part, this battle's hindered by the fact that this exact same style of fight is already used in a prior boss fight. The only addition here is that you need to knock him down two more times, but the item boxes give three mushrooms so there's not even an element of more item box management this go-around. What I'd say on this one is that if you're going to reuse or evoke an earlier boss's design, either change the context where it feels different to take them on, or remove an expected element from the prior boss's fight. Like, say you only have those three mushrooms given to you at the start of the fight to knock it down three times, so each shot needs to be a hit for item management. Number 5. Big Bob Bomb features one of the better attack patterns of the bosses in this game, solely because it requires quick car movement and spatial awareness to keep moving out of the way of his jumps. But with that said, the concept of throwing bombs at him feels weak for a lack of threat or challenge. Even the potential of blowing yourself up is low, as landing the final hit will keep your balloon alive in an explosion anyway. This means the optimal strategy is just to run up and explode at direct impact which removes the point of the lob throw arc or any interesting lineup shots for placement. Really, what I would have liked to see out of this fight is to give proper stakes to what should be high risk and high reward actions, instead of just having them feel like nothing decisions. Number 4. With Big Bully, there's not much to say about this fight because honestly there's not much of a fight. Look, don't get me wrong, I enjoy the fact that this fight's progression flows like it would in 64, taking you right back to Lethal Lava Land's Boil the Big Bully mission. And honestly, only taking one hit to defeat is more fitting with the concept than in 
Chief Chili's stage, but it feels much too easy, even for a first boss in the mission mode. Giving some tweaks to the item boxes and their drops might have made for a more fleshed out fight, but the fact that this is an earlier showcase of the concept does give it a pass in some of this. Number three. I think racing is a fitting theme for these boss fights, but in my opinion, the Wiggler fight really misses that target. As a final boss, it's really disappointing that you can get such an early lead by just popping some well-timed drifts and a couple of stars to juice past oncoming traffic. Even the stars would be more compelling if you had more of this back-and-forth concept with Wiggler and you each hitting each other with them. But they let you pass the boss so fast that you don't even achieve this idea. I think the real takeaway here is that you really need to fine-tune your map, boss, and power-up synergy. Any element out of lockstep can let that whole balance of the fight feel way off. Number two. To show my cards, I'm not exactly crazy about the more battle mode style arena fights of the game, as I associate Mario Kart and the elements it teaches as best applicable in racing environments. But even with that bias, the IROC fight does a good job of having some more dynamic moves in the boss's set, while staying at a level of accessibility proper for a second boss. I particularly like the aiming and positioning of hitting its weak points with a green shell, since in the real Grand Prix races, this does take serious, well, hand-eye coordination. Number one. Serving as the closest race in my experience, the Goomboss battle provides for some fun track switch-ups with a varying number of Goombas spawned as road hazards, but also keeps a central focus on speed and track awareness that I think best fits what the mode tries to teach the player. Overall, I think the player is best evaluated in their more advanced racing and reactionary techniques in this Goomboss fight than in any of the others combined. This mode tried a lot by just bringing the addition of bosses to the Mario Kart series in general, let alone through its vast scope of different fighting styles. As a whole, I think the more racing and track-based fights serve as better fits for the car racing style, especially when the abilities of this game are in large part based around this central mode. But even after looking through all these fights, I still wasn't satisfied. A deep need for Mario Kart boss fights had awoken inside of me, and I was dead set on looking even more into the concept of a racing game boss fight. And that led me to this idea. Picture the situation. Rainbow Road. 200cc, mirrored course. With your car lined up at the pole position of the starting line, all you can hear is the distinct hum the only other racer's vehicle. Next to you waits a perfect shadow clone of your character, like an evolved time trial ghost. Just as the Lakitu Judge illuminates the third light, both of you floor down the multicolored track neck and neck. And if I were to just stop right here, I wouldn't blame you at all for feeling unimpressed with the general lack of creativity in my boss assign. As right here, this pretty much just comes across as set everything to difficult. But my research sports me one more ace on my sleeve. For all of you legends of rock out there, you'll be quick to remember the final boss fight of the Guitar Hero 3's career mode. Lou, otherwise known as the Devil himself. Challenging you to a six-string face-off, you and old Lucifer take on the classic Devil Went Down to Georgia with only one particular caveat. One guitarist finishing their section perfectly allows them to bring numerous debuffs and obstacles upon the other such as whammies or even flip notes. For my pitch here, I suggest that we learn from this concept and implement a similar idea in this final race. We're doing certain tracks with perfect drifts and boosts allows for the player to unleash a myriad of different debuffs, such as flipped steering controls, or locked rearview perspective, or maybe even having to come back around and driving in reverse. But just like the big guitars downstairs doesn't Guitar Hero, make it so the tables can be turned right back on the player. And heck, maybe we'll even borrow from the Burnout series boost system and make it so these debuffs are rewards for different kind of reckless driving and crazy techniques that you pull on the road. Okay, so call me crazy for snagging a rhythm game boss fight for a racing battle. But just tell me that doesn't sound just the slightest bit cool next time you kick it into high gear in Mario Kart. Also, if we could do it all call style like Double Dash, that'd be pretty sweet, thanks.